This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Greetings from New Hampshire on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. This is Sunday morning, and this is another episode that is talking about the non-dual teachings of Jesus, although this is really more about the non-dual communication of Jesus. I'm entitling this Demons, Evil Spirits, and Awakening. When you look at the earliest account of Jesus' ministry, which almost all biblical scholars will say is the Gospel of Mark, we see two major activities that Jesus was engaged in. One was the preaching of the Kingdom of God. and I've already explored at length the meaning of this message several times, that the Kingdom of God proclaimed by Jesus is what I call unitive awareness, or the presence of God or non-duality. The other activity that dominates Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of Mark is casting out evil spirits. That is also a communication of non-dual awareness, although in a much more dramatic form than simple teaching. It is analogous to the physical and sometimes almost violent techniques used by Zen masters to shock a person to waking up to reality. There are many Zen stories of students being liberated as a result of being slapped or struck by a master or even having a bone broken or one story about one student who is so desperate he was almost ready to kill his master or other equally desperate situations. Usually the student is at his at his wit's end, the end of his emotional and spiritual rope, and it only takes something dramatic to facilitate a breakthrough. I think that is what our Master, our Lord Jesus, was doing in the ministry of casting out evil spirits. These people who are said to be possessed by evil spirits or demons are likewise at the end of their emotional rope. No storytelling or gentle spiritual instruction is going to help them. Only something much more dramatic is going to help. So that's what Jesus does. To explain this, I need to back up a little bit and talk about what evil spirits really are. They are not little spiritual boogeymen or hobgoblins wandering the ether looking for someone to possess. They're not fallen angels or demons or or devils. I know that is what traditional Christianity has taught in the past centuries and it is still what fundamentalists and most evangelicals and many Roman Catholics believe today. They think that evil spirits or demons are separate little entities that are living in the spiritual realm and can enter into people. Back a few decades ago, there was uh, quite a few movies 
about this, like The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby that promoted ideas about demons and the devil and the Antichrist. And there are still films about demons. And there are traveling Pentecostal preachers who insist that demons are real and they will, they will come and they will cast out those evil spirits for you right after they pass the offering plates. I remember back in the 80s there was a series of books by Frank Peretti entitled This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness that was marketed to evangelicals. I read them. They convinced many Christians at that time and today that demons are real, not to mention the Left Behind series. There are still many popular books today on what is called the Ministry of Deliverance or spiritual warfare. This is all make-believe. There are no such things in reality as demons or devils or unclean spirits. That ought to be obvious. These are just ideas. But it's not obvious to many Christians because they have been brainwashed to think that you have to interpret these parts of the Bible literally. You don't. We have to use our heads and our common sense. Demons are an ancient way of explaining the world that people at that time did not understand. Before modern medicine, the idea of evil spirits was used to explain all sorts of diseases. Now we know the illnesses are not killed by invisible supernatural devils, but natural microscopic organisms called viruses or bacteria or genes or other natural phenomena. Christians still believing this demon stuff makes us appear to be unscientific people living in the past, living in the, in the Middle Ages or something. When you read the Gospels, it is clear that what Jesus is doing most of the time when he's casting out these, these unclean spirits is simply healing people of physical or mental illness. But there are some cases where he seems to be doing something more. Some of the people he encounters are in great emotional, psychological distress. And Jesus is healing them by waking them up to sanity and wholeness that he calls the Kingdom of God. The most dramatic example of this is the case of the Gerasene demoniac, which is recorded in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, which it just as that itself tells us this is something important. Jesus comes into the region of the Gerasenes, or the Gadarenes, on the northeastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, and there he meets a man who is in very serious emotional distress. He has intense emotional suffering, and he is inflicting harm upon himself. As Jesus approaches him, the man falls on his knees in front of him and says, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replies, My name is Legion, for we are many. And then he begged Jesus again and again not to send them away. Jesus negotiates with this legion of demons to allow them to go into a 
herd of swine, and immediately the pigs then run into the sea and are drowned. A little while later, the man is pictured as sitting with Jesus in his right mind. Now maybe this is just one more case of Jesus healing a severely mentally ill person. A man who had schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder, which these days is called a dissociative identity disorder. Or maybe the story is teaching us about our sense of self and our true identity. As humans, we habitually mistake ourselves to be our, our persona, that sense of being a separate self, that voice in our heads that is constantly interpreting everything that happens and is narrating our lives. Most of us see ourselves as that individual self inhabiting a body. But if we do self-inquiry, we see that that's not true. In fact, that self is not permanent in any sense. It has changed over the years that we're not the same person we were when we were children or teens or younger adults or even middle-aged adults. Not only that, but even now we are different selves in different settings. We are one person at work, another with friends, another at home, another with our spouse, another at church. Now, we tend most of the time not to pay too much attention to that variety of personae because that would dispel the illusion that we are a singular, permanent self. But when we look directly, then we see that we also are a legion, just like the man in the story. And if we really accept the consequences of this, then e either it would drive us to our wit's end, just like this man in the story, or it would lead us to awake from this illusory self to our real identity. Now, everyone is neurotic to a certain extent. I mean, we know that depression and anxiety are epidemic in our society, and the, the rate of suicide is, is disturbing. It's just that, as a society, we have declared that a certain level of neurosis and dysfunction is what we call normal. Only when people get to the point of not being able to function in our society is it then labeled mental illness. But the truth is we are all legion. We all mistake ourselves for our personal self living in the physical body. But when we delve a little deeper, like the man in our story, we see that the self is not what it purports to be. It is really very fluid and it changes. In other words, it is not permanent and is not real. And that can be distressing or enlightening. This man in the story had gotten to the point of deep distress at realizing that he was not who he thought he was or what society was telling him that he was. He had no sense of identity except for this multitude of voices and roles. His sense of identity was 
disintegrating, and it was causing him a great anguish. But he was afraid to let it go, because it's all he had. When Jesus was trying to liberate him, the man says, In God's name, don't torture me. He was afraid to let go of himself, of his, his persona, or in this case, his legion of personae. He thought if they went, he would die. There would be nothing left. What Jesus did for that man was to liberate him from that. After the legion of selves was gone, the story says that he was free to be in his right mind. He experienced what he really was. He woke up from the nightmare. Jesus had brought this man into the kingdom of God. He brought him to a spacious place of peace and clarity, free from suffering. This man is an extreme example but he represents every man and woman. This is salvation. The story says that when the townspeople saw this man sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, that they were afraid, and they begged Jesus to leave their region, which seems at first to be a very strange reaction. But people are afraid of the kingdom of God. They know it means the death of ourselves, which we think is what we are. It feels like death to be freed from the sense of being a separate ego. So most people want nothing to do with it. When they hear the message of the kingdom of God, that is why so many Christians will not accept Jesus' message or ministry of the kingdom of God, so they exchange it for another gospel that allows them to, to keep themselves along the promise that they can be their little egos forever. For some people, the suffering of maintaining this illusion is too much, and they are willing to die to self, as Jesus taught, and allow Christ to free them. They awaken to their right mind. That right mind is unitive awareness. It is our true self. It is the kingdom of God. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is a Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.